Hey, well, if you're thinking about things that you're taking into yourself, whether it's food or ideas, today we're talking about music. And this is a special show for you. Maybe something you can use as you're traveling around for this long weekend called Labor Day weekend. Labor Day is an interesting holiday, something that is something I never really got in touch with growing up because a lot of my communities were very much against the labor movement. The whole idea of Labor Day, of course, is something that is born out of this American uh, concern for labor unions and for uh, the worker, something that sometimes can be seen as problematic, certainly since the Cold War, as we were thinking about folks who were interested in the worker being primarily communist and communists being primarily atheistic. And so anything that kind of smacked of a concern for the worker was, uh, was suspect. Suspect in my religious communities and political conversations in Southern California where I grew up. When I was growing up as a Christian kid in American evangelicalism, there was a guy named uh, Al Mancone, and he gave us the Mancone Challenge. He said, would you consider for a month not watching TV, not listening to secular music, just, uh, just imbibing only Christian music? Well, we took the challenge, me and my pals, in high school, but we started to expand our definition of what Christian music was, so we included, you know, U2, and there was some debates about whether U2 should count because they cussed. I do have a caveat here that there is going to be some explicit language, and the explicit language is not my own, but in some of the music, and uh, so if you don't want to hear that, then skip on to something else. But, uh, you know, uh, the reason I bring up the Christian music angle is because as we're looking at music that reflects uh, an anarchist perspective, especially stuff that I'm going to call spiritual anarchy, it's not necessarily the case that the artists involved are going to self-identify in that way. Many, and, and in fact, I would say most of the people that I'm going to play for you are people that would identify as anarchist in some ways. Uh, but uh, but at the same time, that's something that often is going to be tied to folks in liberal arts conversations that are tying their thought directly to 19th century thinkers like Peter Pro. Kropotkin or Mikhail Bakunin, um, or even anarchists in the Christian tradition like uh, Jacques Ellul or uh, Leo Tolstoy. Uh, That, though, is something very specific to the kind of conversations I have as a professor of history and political thought. But the music here represents some of these same themes, but they come from the lived experience of folks that may not be thinking in terms of that liberal arts conversation. They may be involved in hip-hop, punk, they may be involved in uh, folk music, uh, and especially reggae. Reggae is interesting because almost all of reggae has a kind of uh, Jesus anarchy to it, I would say, but Again, that's not a term, hashtag anarchy, that would be, would be part of the conversation. And yet, 
I think it helps for folks who are interested in opposing authoritarianism and uncritical uh, reception of power. Uh, in, in a certain sense, reggae is the soundtrack for folks who want to have a spiritual anarchy, I would say. Somebody who wants to not just oppose the powers, but have a, a kind of language that is informed by biblical themes, spiritual themes, whether or not you have a shared doctrine. And, uh, and so therefore, I, I really dig it. I, I think it's going to be fun for us to kind of think about these songs as ways to persuade or at least to humanize some of the struggles of oppressed people, people that are on the bottom of the uh, social strata, and often people that are at least feeling like they're being crushed by the, the system in general, the, the system that we have. Now, we are going to, on this show, have a more robust conversation about spiritual anarchy, Christian anarchy, and anarchy in general in the weeks to come but i recognize that it's a it's a tough term one of the reasons i'm interested in it uh, as a, a specific term is not only because it's something i'm interested in personally but something i'm preparing for for an upper division class that i'll be teaching in spring so if you know anything about my uh, my interests they tend to be focused on specific research projects i'm working on maybe i get a little annoying about harping on uh, a specific theme that I'm excited about and then I'll move on to something else but that's what I'm on to today and for the time being I want to operate though with at least some shared understanding with you the dear listener and I want to go to Immanuel Kant I'm not a big fan of Kant uh, for instance I believe that Kant invented philosophical racism as a way to justify the fact that he had these high-minded ideals about ethics and politics that uh, sounded really great but didn't apply to a lot of the things that were going on as Europeans were colonizing the world and involved in slavery. So in a, in a way, Kant provides the elites of European colonial powers to be able to feel like they believe in freedom, just not freedom for everybody. But I still want to work with t uh, the taxonomy that Kant provides, and that is that anarchy is law and freedom without violence. Law and freedom without violence. We'll leave aside for the moment the question of whether or not violence might be necessary in some contexts for self-defense, might be necessary to get to a place of law and freedom without violence. Uh, I tend to side more with the, the nonviolent approach, but the idea of anarchy is not lawlessness or bedlam or warlords as many use the term colloquially but anarchy being a rejection of authoritarianism fascism and power so for Kant anarchy law and freedom without violence despotism he defines as law and violence without freedom and a republic is violence with freedom and law certainly in that categorization a republic's better than a despot, right? Uh, but anarchy is something that seems impossible and yet also something that is uh, kind of dreamy, <laughs> if you understand what we're talking about. Stacy and I believe that in many ways the very heart of the message of Jesus is a kind of spiritual anarchy, just as you know, uh, if you've listened to the show, we're really interested in the Tao Te Ching and Lao Tzu and the tradition of ancient Chinese anarchists that 
might be called Taoists. And, uh, and those Taoist and Christian forms of anarchy uh, are often not compatible with materialist anarchies or materialist approaches to anarchy that want to say any conversation about the supernatural, any conversation we might call spiritual, is incompatible with that kind of freedom, the freedom of anarchy. So maybe we might say libertarian is a good term. And I like libertarian as a term. Uh, I've almost pretty much all of my adult life have identified myself as someone with libertarian leanings. But libertarianism, especially in America, has often become, you know, basically a way of describing people who are basically Republicans, but they like their guns and they like, uh, you know, the decriminalization of marijuana, right? So gun-toting Republicans that smoke weed, they're libertarians, I guess. Uh, maybe they're the kind of people that are not hawkish in, in terms of international engagement and, and, and war. But what is important about that basic libertarian concept is that it is non-coercive. It is not trying to use the threat of violence as a tool of the state to get people to conform. Another word uh, or another term that we might use for anarchism would be libertarian socialism. Socialism, you know, is something that is very frightening to people uh, for good reason. Because in many ways, the reason anarchism becomes uh, something that was big and then goes away as a, as a viable option for many people is that uh, that really, if you go back to the time of the Civil War, there were a lot of Christian anarchists in America, but they ended up kind of having to ask themselves whether or not states' rights was going to be the right talking point in a world where the states' rights advocates tended to say, our state has the right to enslave human beings. So slavery is, of course, antithetical to true anarchy. And so at the same time, during the Civil War, the the force that was going to oppose slavery was kind of imperial. It was, it was the, you know, the federal government. It was the union. And so a lot of Christian anarchists who were also abolitionists ended up siding with the union and they, they muted their anarchist language so that they could, you know, encourage a push back against the slaveholding powers of the South. That's not the only thing that muted the Christian anarchist themes. You also have, of course, uh, the Bolshevik res Revolution. So in Russia, what happened was the anarchists end up getting killed by the Marxist Len Leninists. And, uh, and so that is something that makes a lot of folks that would otherwise be interested in the concept of anarchy a little bit nervous and for good reason. Because it's uh, not just, you know, uh, um, capitalists, uh, in the West that would be opposing anarchists. It's in fact state capitalists in China and Russia that would also be dangerous and in fact more likely to end up lining you up against a wall and executing you. So um, what I am interested in here is not a specific political theory uh, because in many ways it doesn't really matter which angle you might have on a commitment to freedom because as long as you believe in a horizontal arrangement, that is, it's a non-hierarchical arrangement, then you can have uh, cooperation. There's a concept of anarchy with no adjectives. 
And that's the idea that there are all sorts of different um, iterations of anarchism that uh, may emphasize different things, but in joining together people of goodwill, people who care about freedom, people, people who oppose power and oppression and injustice, joining together, regardless of their unique ideologies, uh, or hopefully their unique ways of opposing ide ideology, can gather together and, and work together because anarchy at its best is not going to prescribe the way a community should operate. It's going to allow those individuals within a community to set their own agenda. But the ultimate ideal of it, I think, is best expressed by Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching in chapter 80. Uh, and, and this is the text of that uh, in Stacy and my um, translation. Quote, The ideal society is a modest country with small, close-knit villages. They store sufficient weapons, but only for self-defense. They respect life and death, so even though they have vehicles, they don't use them for foreign invasion. Though they are well-armed, they don't put their armies on display. Instead, they celebrate and record the simple joys of their lives together. Their food is delightful. Their clothes are artful. Their dwellings are tranquil. And their customs are mirthful. They can see other towns in the distance. They can hear neighboring roosters crowing and dogs barking. Yet throughout the course of their lives, they never go over to complain or quarrel. Friends, we are coming up, as I said, on this Labor Day, as I'm recording, Labor Day weekend. And so this is kind of a, a Labor Day musical special, celebrating the American labor movement indirectly, trade union activism, and the workers themselves. Do you work? Do you feel tired out from work? Do people you know work a couple jobs and they're, they're feeling kind of dragged down? This is for them. This long weekend isn't just for sedus and barbecues. It's for our recognition that, that there is more to life than sitting in a cubicle uh, as a wage slave. And that even if we have to do this to put food on the table, there could be a different arrangement. There could be a, a better way. And even if there isn't a better way in our immediate horizon, the very idea that it doesn't have to be this way allows us to dream bigger dreams. Unions, by the way, get a bad rap in conservative circles, but I bet there's a lot of things that unions have contributed to your life, dear listener, that you probably are benefiting now from or something uh, that benefited you in the past, like the eight-hour work week, sick pay, maternity leave, vacation time, uh, even though, of course, two weeks of your life out of a year is, is kind of crummy, it seems. But there's so many workers. Why don't we honor these essential workers by actually advocating for their happiness and freedom? In any case, that's the, that's the backdrop for, um, for why I care about this stuff and why we think that protecting your noggin also invo involves protecting your noggin from the idea that the way that we are living has to be the way we live. There could be a better way. To, to look at a better way through simply abstract 
essays from political theorists or obscure, you know, writers from the past uh, may be helpful and, and certainly interesting for people like me who do that for a living, but maybe it's not as accessible for others. So thinking about freedom and a kind of spiritual anarchy through music is what this show's about today. I've got 12 songs for you. I'm going to play them, but before I play them, I'll set them up. The first track here we have is from Tom Snyder, and the song is called In the Beginning, and this one is a doozy. I like to think of this one as an example of spiritual agnostic anarchy. This is uh, from a guy whose new album is called First Agnostic Church of Hope and Wonder. That's kind of interesting and provocative. But my favorite song, uh, this one, in the beginning, is from his album Agnostic Hymns and Stoner Fables. Uh, Again, it's called In the Beginning. And it, I think, is a really interesting way of, of thinking about the history of civilization. When I was in Portland this summer, I saw somebody spray painted on a dumpster, End Civilization. And you might think, well, that, that's scary. But if you understand what it means, it's talking about the God-King model of the ancient Near East. The idea that, uh, that the government, that the state has a sole monopoly on coercion and violence and that we must serve it almost uh, like we would serve some kind of war god. And it, in this song, is going to really engage these ideas Um, that many anarchists have expressed about the ways in which religion has served money, power, and glory. I don't think it has to be that way, but it almost is that way. In other words, religion does tend to tap into the contemporary human addiction to hierarchy. It tends to prop up those hierarchies. Sometimes it can subvert them. That's how I like to flow. But friends, make no mistake, What he's talking about, at least from one angle, has some merit. So whether you agree with him or not, here you go. Tom Snyder, In the Beginning. In the beginning, man wondered to himself, why, oh why are we here? And yet with each asking of this question, the answer would become even less clear. Overwhelmed by fear, distraction took its place. And so it was in the world's first shelter that we began the human race, the human race to fill up more and more empty space. Oh, how we loved the human race. Until one day this one guy said to this other guy, he said, hey, have you seen that guy over there? He's got more than everybody else has got. To me, that don't seem fair. I agree with the first guy. Everybody else did too. Till they all got so worked up, they figured there was something they just had to do. Divide his things up among each other. After they killed him, of course. For they could see no real good reason not to just take what they wanted by force. But when they found him, he said, hey, wait a minute, fella. I wouldn't kill me just now. You can see that I've got more than any of you have ever got. Wouldn't you first at least like to know how? And with that, he had their attention. And with that, he went on loud and clear. He said, you all know how long we've all wondered why, why are we here? Well, today I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm 
gonna teach you about suffering and bliss. I'm gonna teach you all a little about heaven and hell and the God that gave me all this. God gave me this because I'm humble, and he can do the same for you too. But if you're seeking his love and affection, what you're doing is the last thing I do. He sends killers to hellfire, both here and eternally. The good live forever in a place called heaven. God told me this personally. Someday he may give you what he's given me. Well, the crowd just didn't know what to do with that. Nor could they prove what he said wasn't true. And since he had what everyone else thought they wanted, it seemed like a thing to do. And with that, we rolled into the future. And ain't it a son of a bitch to think that we would still need religion to keep the poor from killing the rich? That's a heavy one, right? That, that if you're paying attention, that could challenge your faith. The question is, is it bad for faith in general? Or maybe it's better to say, you know, is it bad uh, because uh, it's in bad faith? I don't think so. I think the reason I like starting here with the spiritual agnostic anarchy is because it's important for us to at least hear these challenges to personal wealth and the ways in which corporations and individuals have co-opted religion to help them keep what they've got. You know, uh, one of the things that's important to know about, you know, the system and the ways in which we think about power is that people do not easily want to give up their power. Um, A privileged class never surrenders its tyranny, as they say. And so, if you think, well, these are bad things to think, or anarchy is a bad thing to um, indulge or to express, who's telling you that? Probably people that recognize that if you take it seriously, there's going to be um, some ways in which it's going to take away their privilege and their luxury. Religions often focus on carrots and sticks, but religions who do this are suspect. And it seems like emphasizing hell and heaven tends to fit nicely with the interests of empire. For instance, in the 17th century, there were slave laws in Virginia that prohibited African slaves from reading. But 
A few years later, those African Americans were given one thing, that is the right to get baptized in the Virginia slave laws, because many folks realized that getting all strata of society to buy into the religious worldview of Christianity was helpful. Because if we could convince people, they thought, this is the Southern slave-owning Christians, if they could get people to buy into the religious worldview that endorsed hierarchy, uh, or going back to John Winthrop, uh, Providence, the Protestant work ethic, and the identification of European colonial powers as the new Israel, which later becomes associated with manifest destiny, God wanting these European powers to dominate the land. If we can get people to buy into that internally, it's much easier much easier for them to be controlled. Um, this is why I think so many religious people, spiritual people, are resistant to the concept of spiritual anarchy or Christian anarchy because they've been told so often that anarchy leads to atheism. But if we think of atheism, we also might ponder the, the reality that early Christians were called atheists because they rejected the idea that they should be subservient to the Roman gods and therefore to the gods of power and domination, money, power, glory, and war. <laughs> so how do we judge these things or what is judgment? That takes us to our next track and it is from Tribal Seeds. This is a song from Tribal Seeds with Sonny Sandoval of P.O.D. Sonny Sandoval is a Christian, and uh, so he's in that realm of uh, reggae and Rastafarianism in some ways, although he's, um, you know, sound-wise often produced music that was a little different. But together, I think this is a really interesting song. Uh, that kind of represents a Rastafarian Christian anarchist flow. And there's going to be talk about Armageddon or Armageddon um, in, in the more conventional way of talking about it. But Rastafarians talking about Armageddon harken back to this idea of the piling up of failed empires at Har Megiddo. Uh, this is the revelation, the unveiling. And while, of course, I wouldn't agree with all of the intellectual ideas of, uh, of Rastafarianism, I mean, the doctrinal ideas of Rastafarianism, like the idea that Haile Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia, was the incarnation of God. Um, there's something metaphorical about that, perhaps, that is challenging Eurocentric imperialism and colonialism that I do kind of like. Or another way of saying it is, if I'm listening to reggae music, I often hear lyrics that sound like my spirituality. It, 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 is, it is uplifting for me in a way that a lot of so-called contemporary Christian music is not, even though I have maybe differences of opinion on the theology involved. Um, but in any case, what I really like about this is the awareness that somebody else is also calling out oppression, but talking about it using biblical themes. This song has, uh, you know, uh, a lot going for it, but it's also sometimes hard to hear the lyrics. So before I lay it on you, I want to just read some of the lyrics. Uh, quote, born in Babylon, but raised by Jah. Modern school system inferior. In the East, come hail, lion conqueror. Give I the teaching of the scripture. Media, brainwash center, 
spreading lies and spreading war rumors, propaganda. Me beg for more truth, sir. Give me no words of an imposter. No, you can't run from truth, sir. Give me the words of the Lion of Judah. Cunning is the tongue of a false preacher. He goes on. Born in Babylon but raised by Jah, I'm on a watchman of the Savior. Come down with a crash like lightning, thunder. Almighty I, blessed Yeshua, rest my head. Jah will smash the curse we under. And I will sing while the world wonder. Come down. Come down, Lord, come down. Rise up and judge the world politician, the body boy system, the government's decision, and the one world religion. Warning, open your ears to a new sound coming. Heed to the wonders and the signs, jaws returning. Test my heart and mind. God is my defense. Judge me, O Jah, according to my righteousness. Jah is not the kind to strike without warning only to those who are foolishly ignoring the wisdom and the knowledge of his word given to me, has been written on my heart, so I will not be deceived. So feed me no BS of an imposter. They are the ones who shall reap disaster. Mercy to those. Judgment comes with fire. I know my enemy. When he speaks, he is a liar. Words like a razor, weapon of choice, sir. And when me dead, me voice shall be heard after. Hating what they fear, Yes, they are the cowards. Oja has spoken up against this place, that he will cut it off and nothing living shall remain. Throw away your scrolls when Jeremiah calls. All ye shall witness when Babylon falls. Here you go, Tribal Seeds with Sunny Sandoval. Yes, I am, Tribal Seeds.
fiction, Hollywood's rendition, a holy definition, and the evil that we live in. Break the soul of the man that I have been. The freedom of sin is the song of redemption. It's all I have, so I won't give in. If anyone no love God, then the curse be on him. Come down, come down, and come down, come I want to share with you somebody I just recently got connected with, and that is Angel Hayes. Uh, I really dig her, primarily because I think Angel Hayes has the spirit of Protect Your Noggin uh, right there at the center of a lot of her music. And she's African-American, and she's uh, Cherokee, and she's got an anarchy tattoo, so that's that's why I'm going to include her uh, in this mix. But um, there's a lot of great stuff that she's got, a lot of heavy stuff. Uh, For instance, a song called Exposed, uh, where she says, I'm from the generation of the scarred and abused. She was sexually abused as a child, and that comes into her music. And so I really, I hear her music as the the crying of uh, an empowered voice that I hope in many ways would be be the sort of thing I would hear from my former students, current students certainly, but students who have been in religious communities that were oppressive and yet she is finding her own way. She experienced uh, Christianity through the context of the apostolic faith church. Um, She describes it as a cult. Uh, Her mom and her had lived with uh, a a, a pastor and and his family and uh, her mom had to run away from a controlling pastor of that tradition and uh, I had a similar kind of thing, a similar connection to the apostolic faith in that I rented a basement apartment from a pastor in the apostolic uh, tradition. And it, I remember at the end when I moved out, he gave me a couple tracts because he was, um, he was not convinced that I was living in the kind of Wesleyan holiness purity that the apostolic um, kind of Azusa Street Revival Pentecostal tradition emphasizes. And uh, I don't know exactly why he thought that, probably because I smelled like cigars and maybe had some beer in my basement apartment, and he probably didn't like that. Uh, I also really like her song, for instance, Black Dahlia, which is a song that she writes to her her mom as if she were writing back in time to give her mom advice about religion and how we can face the failures of our parents and religious leaders without hating them. It's a good song. 
I also like the song Black Synagogue, which is rich with religious themes, even though it's uh, painful to, to listen to some of what she says. This song is called Sufferings First. It's about overcoming the pain and struggle in life uh, and yet pointing to love as the cure. And this is important to me as I want to differentiate some of what I'm interested in with Stacy, um, talking about spiritual anarchy as opposed to, you know, uh, the idea that we need to let go of love and uh, the mythos of of uh, of a uh, Jesus liberation. Um, Kropotkin had said, you know, if you rely on love, that's not going to work. You want to talk about uh, mutual aid and solidarity uh, and the idea that in in species in biological species the idea that you should be selfish isn't very helpful actually helping our our neighbors is helping ourselves that there's something very positive about mutuality so i do i do get that and in fact as a as a rhetoric for change in the world i think it it may be better for us to not talk about love as the motivating factor but survival in the apocalypse at the same time, as a person who uh, is, is interested in spirituality, I really appreciate this song tying us back in to love something that's really important to the teachings of Jesus, even though the artist here is you know, critical of formal Christianity, institutionalized Christianity, the sort of thing that she grew up with, and the sort of thing that didn't do enough for her when it came to abusiveness, physical violence, sexual violence, She's a she's a warrior, a digger stuff. Check it out on your own. But here's the song Sufferings First. Uh-huh. I'm staring at the view from the height of my past pain. Ironic, I'm trying to come in first if it's the last thing. They trying to throw me off, but I won't let them pass me. They kill me with the hating, but I ain't in the casket. I gotta stay on top. Gotta fucking overcome shit. I had to learn to beat it like I just got a drum kit. Now my motto keep faith, stay strong. Killer guns aimed at a worth in the pride that's within her. I'm the uprise in the lives of the minds of devastation. A little piece of heaven left in Satan. So what real. if it hurts? The struggle is first. To live is to die. We all suffer the curse. And love is the cure until we suffer and worse. Pleasure is pain. The suffering's first. So what if it hurts? The struggle is first. To live is to die. We all suffer the curse. And love is the cure until we suffer and worse. Pleasure is pain. Push them out of my life, my friends say that I change But how the fuck you make a difference and still stay the same They don't carry the weight, they can't handle the pressure So they can see me evolve, but they can't capture my essence My life is insane and I don't get enough credit But the picture ain't realistic like a Photoshop edit How could you even be mad that I would want to enhance that Just to have an option like I hit the advanced tab So fuck them all, they'd rather see me fail I hit the mainstream and my ship gone sail And niggas gone hate me, but I remain a problem that nobody's resolving. I got this ache in my soul and it's distant now. Cause I'm hotter than the flames on a piston now. I keep losing my balance, that's what trips me out. Keep my emotions inside till I'm flipping out. But I won't trip, I stand tall. Just keep my head and hold on. Said I won't trip, I stand tall. Just keep my head 
and hold on So what if it hurts? The struggle is first To live is to die, we all suffer the curse And love is the cure until we suffer and worse Pleasure is pain, the suffering's first So what if it hurts? The struggle is first To live is to die, we all suffer the curse And love is the cure until we suffer and worse Pleasure is pain, the suffering's first Sometimes I feel like I'm bound to be a sellout So I spit fire to try to let this hell out To try to let myself out This cage I trap myself in But I won't let myself in I feel like if I lose sight of me I won't let myself win And I won't let myself in I'd be damned if I do I enjoy being myself I'd be damned if I'm you See I give them what they need And that's that real shit And I do it with my heart So they can feel this That's why the words in my songs Reach broken bones Make them strong Show them they got more to focus on And music is the only thing I put my hope in words to capture my mute emotions i'm like an umbrella top high i'm hit with the rain but i walk when it hurts like a ligament's brain and my thoughts like a frame to the picture i paint i get high off the green like the top of terrain they can't extinguish the flame from my mouth when i speak i got beauty and peace like a tropical beach and i got me some dreams that i won't stop till i breach and dr king's speech in the mouth of a freak so what if it hurts the struggle is first to live is to die we all suffer the curse and love is the cure until we suffer and worse pleasure is pain the suffering's first so what if it hurts the struggle is first to live is to die we all suffer the curse and love is the cure until we suffer and worse pleasure is pain the suffering's first How could we do anything with respect to the music of freedom and the music of, of a kind of a fighting back against the powers without talking about the, the, you know, rage against the machine? Before I get to them, we'll, we'll play one Rage Against the Machine song for you. But this is from the Prophets of Rage. It's a cover of Killing in the Name of... And the reason I do that is because a lot of the other Prophets of Rage song uh, songs are great, but they have a lot of lot of cussing. And although I'm not cutting all that out in this show, I figured it's it's best to not overdo it for for you, our dear listeners. Um, there's some there's some curse words, of course. There's some explicit language in this, but this is a classic of uh, kind of challenge to power, specifically the idea that politicians and police officers have sometimes been the same folks that have been involved in suppressing groups of people that have been oppressed. That's not always the case. I at least like the idea that some of those who were enforcers are the same that uh, burned crosses. As you may know, uh, we didn't get a a cross burned on our lawn, but Stacy and I had to face the fact that we were very close to getting a cross burned our lawn, on our lawn by the KKK. And so uh, part of that had to do with me reporting somebody uh, to a relative of theirs. That is, I reported a religious person who was a member of the KKK to a relative of his who was also a member of the law enforcement in town. So I wasn't really able to uh, find anybody to help me in uh, finding some safety and protection from the KKK. And uh, so that 
I think really speaks to me, and I'm going to share this with you. This is uh, Prophets of Rage, a super band with um, a couple different uh, artists from groups that you may know of. Prophets of Rage was uh, uh, basically a, a rap rock super group. They came out in 2016, uh, and you can imagine why. Uh, this was when, you know, of course, Donald Trump comes into power and the uh, voices on the right started to really get a little bit louder. So they've got three members of Rage Against the Machine uh, and uh, Audio Slave. And then there is, uh, of course, uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy along with DJ Lord. And then the uh, rapper Be Real of Cypress Hill. Uh, one thing that's interesting is they've got a, f a fun song, Unfuck the World. There is an article in the recent uh, periodical, The Fifth Estate, that says, for true anarchy, you don't want to just talk about you know, fixing the world or taking away the negative stuff. They actually refer directly to that song, Unfuck the World, and they say, yes, but we want more. So I'm, I'm, uh, I appreciate that. This song here, of course, though, is an observation and an observation that originally really scared me. I remember when I first saw Chuck D with uh, public enemy, I think it was in Arizona. He was opening up for U2. And I think he was right after the anarchist, by the way, Bjork, who was singing uh, lead for this sugar cubes and public enemy was there because U2, I think was uncomfortable about, about playing in Arizona because the uh, Arizona governor had uh, gotten rid of Martin Luther King Day. And there were calls for you two not to play at uh, in Arizona. And instead of not playing their concert, they brought out Public Enemy. It was a little scary because there was a whole, a whole uh, stadium filled with you know, mostly white people, and they didn't quite know what to do as Public Enemy came out, and then they lynched the effigy of a KKK guy. It was a mannequin, but it was pretty. It was pretty potent. It was pretty uh, intense, and uh, and at the time I said, "Hey, I, that's that's too much for me. That's too spicy." But I I think I understand it a little bit better now. And uh, certainly Chuck D does a great job fronting uh, the band here in this cover song from Rage Against the Machine, "Killing in the Name of." Here you go. They told you. 
Now you do what they told ya. 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 Those are some names you might know, but you probably don't know David Rovix. And he is a guy from Portland that has a ton of music out there, and he shares a lot of it for free. He, he lets people use it um, for, for purposes that are not commercial. And uh, this song is great because I just finished reading a book 
called A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. And so this is a song called The Books of Howard Zinn. He's got a lot of songs like uh, The Anarchist Jurisdiction, which is worth checking out. Uh, He's part of the folk tradition. There's a lot of folk artists that would fit within this anarchist music category. He's from Portland, a city I love. Uh, But he demonstrates the power of narrative. I think back all the way to Martin Luther, who wrote a song, actually, for people to share in pubs about two Dutch martyrs who left his classes and went on to be burned at the stake because they were heretics as they got back to the Netherlands. And so why did Martin Luther do that? Because he knew just what David Rovix knows, and that is that some of the best education we can do is through narrative in music. Folk music is a great way to get narrative out because it's so heavily lyrical. And, uh, and so because of that, this is a great you know, little uh, catechesis in a way of thinking about uh, anarchy in a more um, historical sense. So I encourage you to check out his stuff. Here's his song again, The Books of Howard Zinn. The president stood at his lectern at a conference of the press, the state of education was the subject of his address. There should be more patriotism in the schools, more saluting of the flag, more about the invention of the telephone in a plastic bag. The kids don't need to know about all the bloodied soil, about all of the rebellions or all the wars for oil. It's all far left propaganda. It should be banned or burned. We're just great and getting greater. That's all they need to learn. The president said it must stop or the anarchists will win. The indoctrination of the youth by the books of Howard Zinn. They don't need to know about the workers or the general strikes. They need no lessons on the scalpings of adults and kids alike. No chapters on the riots that brought us where we are. The visions of the damned who followed the North Star. Just tell the kids how brilliant were the founding fathers all. Just see what bullshit sticks when you throw it at the wall. Reality doesn't matter, neither does the past. So ditch your rocks and unbar our tees and shred your Howard fast. The president said it must stop or the anarchists will win. The indoctrination of the youth by the books of Howard Zinn. The students don't need to know how many souls were lost beneath the rain of gunships. They don't need to know the cost to the nations that lay shattered. The homeless veterans right here dying on the sidewalk beside empty cans of beer. The kids don't need to think. They just need to serve and be grateful for the billionaire in his steely nerve. He'll free us from the confines of knowing up from down. Just don't read Jeremy Brecker, Angela Davis, or D. Brown. The president said it must stop or the anarchists will win. The indoctrination of the youth by the books of Howard Zinn. The president said it must stop or the anarchists will win. The indoctrination of the youth by the books of Howard Zinn. The next track I have for you is from Gogol Bordello. Gogol Bordello. And what I like about them is they remind me of a lot of the stuff I was really into in the late 90s in Denver, in the Denver music scene, uh, like Reverend Glass Eye and uh, I'm trying to remember a couple other a couple other acts. But there, there was a kind of a Eastern European flow to it. Um, And uh, that kind of merged with Americana. But this song is called Dub the Frequencies of Love. What I like about 
uh, Gogo Bordello is that there's this Romani uh, inspiration. The Romani, uh, a.k.a. gypsies, um, often associated with the Irish travelers, uh, but, but folks that I've bumped into an occasion, whether I was in England uh, or in, in America, and, and kind of well, certainly very fascinated by because the, the Romani people are really bearers of a legacy of folks who have tried to operate outside of the system. And as you may know, that gets you into a lot of trouble. During the Nazi era, Jews, homosexuals, and gypsies, a.k.a. Romani, you know, um, and of course people with mental disabilities were all persecuted. And I, I think it's important that the the Romani influence and the Romani testimony to the the reality that it is very difficult to operate within any society or within any state, really, I should say, uh, and try to maintain your own identity and your own freedom. Um, but because of that, this is a great um, this is a great contribution to our our, uh, our mixtape here for you. Go 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 Dub the frequencies of love. Enjoy. Give me a vision when I got none And a thunderbolt in each hand of my own For I am coming back to level everything It taught us wrong
Now, there is, of course, no one that could uh, imagine creating a mixtape of, of spiritual anarchism without including Chumba Wumba. Now, you may know them from tub thumping. I get knocked down and I get up again. That's how you might know of them. That was their big hit. But uh, they had a punk, post-punk uh, era. And they also have done other things. For instance, if you're really interested in you know, anarchy in, in sound, uh, their album English Rebel Songs 1381 to 1984 is very listenable and filled with interesting history and ideas. But this song I include because it's important in many ways, Bella Chow. If you were binging Money Heist, which is a show that was um, uh, a lot of fun, but uh, misunderstood, I think, by many, uh, you'll, you'll know the song Bella Chow. It was an important character, really, in the, in the series. And uh, the thing I find interesting is we call it in America, uh, the English translation, we call it uh, Money Heist which emphasizes the idea of a heist or money, and it still kind of fits within our, our culture, right? Like we can appreciate people wanting to go and take the money. But the original is uh, Casa de Papel, House of Paper, and I think that's actually more powerful, that what the show is actually saying I think has a, a strong anarchist flavor, and that is that this construct of, of money is itself thin it's uh it's something that can fall apart and uh, because of that this song i think is important to bring in as an anthem as a as a kind of encouragement to folks to fight injustice to fight power even when you realize that it's very difficult the history of anarchist movements involves a lot of bloodshed but specifically the the rounding up and the killing of anarchists anarchists often die and those who are nonviolent pacifist anarchists often especially when they're in the context of fascist states they end up dying uh, gandhi uh, martin luther king jr well martin luther king jr of course gets assassinated but they they lived within communities where nonviolent resistance might make a little bit more sense because people had a a certain ethical consciousness a certain uh, sympathy for folks who were being oppressed. But if you live in a society where people don't care and they're very glad to exterminate you, then, boy, that's uh, that's something else. And so how do you face that without despair? This song, Bella Chow, is about the heroism of folks, for instance, um, opposing power, realizing their own vulnerability but also realizing that the the death of their own individual selves is not the end of the struggle against money power and glory here you go chumbawamba bella chow the world is waking outside my window bella chow bella chow bella chow 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 drags my senses into the sunlight for there are things that I must do Wish me luck now, I have to leave you Bella chow, bella chow, bella chow, chow, chow With my friends now, up to the city We're gonna shake the 
gates of hell And I will tell them We will tell them Bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, ciao, ciao That our sunlight is not for franchise And wish the bastards drop down dead Next time you see me I may be smiling Bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, ciao, ciao I'll be in prison or on the TV I'll say the sunlight dragged me here Questa mattina mi son svegliato Oh bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao our eighth song is from Pete Seeger, folk singer, and this song is called Last Train to Nuremberg. Nuremberg reminds us of human rights trials um, against Nazi war criminals. And what's interesting there is the idea that the way that you are able to oppose these Nazi war criminals isn't through legislation that exists or governments. You'd say, you know, they were just following orders or uh, they did everything legally, <laughs> you know. It was evil, but it was legal. There is a law above the law. There is a righteousness higher than the king. That's what's involved in something called natural law. I know it's disputed, uh, the idea of natural law, but the idea that the international community can come to the table and say, there are certain things that are just flat-out wrong, and we are going to oppose them as, as pure evil. Now, it's interesting to me, as a guy who has been so long in the Lutheran Church world, the Walther League was a youth organization in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And in 1965, the Walther League invited Pete Seeger out to sing, and this caused all sorts of hassles. And um, I just find this uh, amazing that there was this intersection between this this uh, singer. Um, and he was uh, rejected largely because of the Red Scare and communism. And, you know, not really familiar with the ins and outs of his personal political philosophy. But I do appreciate his advocacy of the worker. We're, we're thinking about this for Labor Day weekend, of course. And uh, this song, Last Train to Nuremberg, is going to just take us back to all sorts of ways in which we can call out injustices in the, the, the state-run um, oppressions um, of the world, like things that are going to um, be worth calling out. And yet we realize the reason somebody like Pete Seeger is going to be challenged by religious bodies is because it is a threat. Right, What he's singing about is a threat to the status quo, and people don't like the dismantling of the things that have made their lives comfortable. But here you go, Pete Seeger, he sang to the Lutheran kids in 1965. If you're a Lutheran kid, he's singing to you now, Last Train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg, last train to Nuremberg, last train to Nuremberg, all on board. Do I see Lieutenant Calley? Do I see Captain Medina? Do I see General Coster and all his crew? Do I see President Nixon? Do I see both houses of Congress? Do I see the voters, me and you? 
Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. All on board. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. All on board. Who held the rifle? Who gave the order? Planned the campaign to lay waste the land. Who manufactured the bullet? Who paid the taxes? Tell me, is this blood upon my hand? Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. All on board. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. Saying, bring all our boys home without delay. Would the man they came to see say he was too busy? Would he say he had to watch a football game? Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. On board. Last train to Nuremberg. Last train to Nuremberg. All right, now, kind of switch up, you know, things here and uh, sonically, cleanse the palate. How could we get through this without actually giving you a song from Rage Against the Machine? Uh, if you listen to my uh, old podcast with Dan Van Voris, uh, you may have heard that Zach De La Rocha, the lead singer of Rage Against the Machine, babysat Dan when he was a kid in Irvine, California. So here you go. As I'm recording, I'm in Irvine, California, and it's a hard place to think even about spiritual anarchism or anarchism in any way. Um, but it's also precisely the right place to be thinking about it at times. Um, in, you know, like on Reddit, you might find people criticizing some of uh, Zach De La Roche's action. Uh, not so much uh, action politically, but his lack of action, some would say. But I think that's par for the course. I think we all need to reckon with the various entanglements we all have with the capitalist system as it stands, right? There is the, the system that requires us to be a part of it if we're going to survive. And we can say some people are more or less entangled in it. That, that's part of the emotional beatdown that the system gives us. It, there's no easy alternative. And when somebody calls out the powers... Other people can say, hey, but you're implicated in those powers yourself, sure. And yet, are their words true? I think there are there are some aspects of uh, the criticism that might be legitimate, but golly, uh, purity? Purity tests for artists that are going to call out these uh, unjust systems are not as helpful, I think, as elevating the legitimacy of what they're saying. In any case, take a listen, see if you dig it. I appreciate it. Because sometimes the anger is something we want to, you know, tamp down. But at other times, I think my anxiety is abated a little bit when I realize that other people are angry about things that maybe we should be angry about. 
doesn't mean that the way that we address that anger or address uh, the ways we want to act against the injustice will all be the same. But golly, to pretend like we're not angry when we should be angry, um, righteous indignation, uh, being squelched isn't really spiritual either. So here you go. Rage Against the Machine, testify. Tenth song was written by Leonard Cohen, and I dig his version, no doubt. It's the Partisan, but I wanted to use Joan Baez because she translates into English a line that is in French, so it's a little bit easier to catch the whole gist of the song. But it's about somebody fighting against unjust powers, right? Fascists, 
And what I love about this one, it's very heavy, is about this old woman who dies without a whisper. Sometimes people that oppose injustice and fascism are going to be people that are doing so explicitly or they're doing it uh, behind the scenes, but they're doing it at great risk to their own lives in more active ways. Sometimes just people coming alongside those active individuals and supporting them or in the case of the song covering over their tracks in the snow is I think pretty powerful it's a sad song but it's also a song I think that gives a strength and resolve even in the face of overwhelming opposition it's a classic Joan Baez covering Leonard Cohen the partisan they poured across the border We were cautioned to surrender This I could not do Seventh song I want to share with you, John 9. Uh, John 9 is uh, born Janine, so it's J-A-H, the number 9, 
one of my favorite new artists. She does reggae music and just amazing stuff. I love almost everything she's got. I love I love her music. Um, this song is the greatest threat to the status quo. But again, as we said, reggae is almost always an example of spiritual anarchy, even if people don't use that language, the language of anarchy. It's a potent song for sure. But anarchism quickly reveals the importance of our concerns that intersect, overlap. Uh, our concerns for women, the environment, the poor, workers, animals in slaughterhouses, students in state-run education, all of it. You know, um, if we don't recognize the ways in which all of these things are part of the same conversation, we do a disservice to the cause. We get to liberate ourselves and others when we collaborate with others in opposing authoritarian religious communities that want to squelch us, even as we have our own cultivation of spirituality. John 9 grew up as a pastor's kid, so I think that's important. She's a yogini, so she, she's also a yoga teacher, and uh, I'd love to meet her someday. I'd love to interview her if I can, but I've been using her dub versions of this whole album uh, just to kind of get me through the day, and it's a real appropriate penultimate song for this show today. Again, John 9, The Greatest Threat to the Status Quo. And the purpose to create From a mind unconfined That is designed to calculate Intuiting of the essence Awareness of the presence of the whole Beyond each individual part Master of the mind space Mason of the landscape With intelligence she access from the heart A spiritual woman is the greatest threat To the status quo She has access to The world and all perception Are simply too subjective They cannot quench the yearning For the truth The evidence magnetic The source is alchemetic And this knowledge must be given to the youth So what seems to be A sacrifice to those outside the temple As they fail to overstand The path she choose Is what she willingly releases As she actively connecting with Forces that she learned how to use. A spiritual woman is the greatest threat to the status quo. She has access to 
mustn't talk to yourself and keep away from selfishness. Eve brings sin to the world, so now we're punishing everyone born as a girl. This is the state of now. The Maya, the minds are trained and trapped in, so make we break it down from the root of the square of the just a number it is the first evolution of life but one is the truth of the matter the latter is the fruit of the movement of sign yes sign yes i end the mathematical manifestation of life spiraling and self-individual mind is what expansion of consciousness will help one to find and of the feminine is the reason for the state the world is in a spiritual woman is the greatest threat to the status quo the fruit she bear the power she has access to could I end without bringing in our friend Micah Bornet? This song, Fire, is whether or not he would call it uh, uh, an anarchist song, definitely indicative of the spiritual anarchy that we've been talking about. He, he you know, has at the beginning uh, a, a clip that is from the National Archives, and it is based on this idea that there were some artistic ways of drawing from biblical language. Certainly we know about, uh, you know, the Exodus, but here, Samson, a kind of uh, anger, but also something where you're pulling down the structures of, of oppression in pretty, pretty radical ways, right? So this gets to all of it. It gets to uh, education. It gets to the, the way we think about policing and all of this. I'm really excited also to say that as I record here today, Friday, September 3rd, tomorrow is when Micah is going to be having a release party for his new album. Believe it or not, he's calling it Detox. Probably of all the bold things that he's done, one of the most bold things he's done is calling this next album Detox. If you don't know, Dr. Dre has always been promising that he was going to do an album called Detox. And he never got to it, so Mike is going to do that for him. I don't know if that's explicit in the way he's thinking about it, but it is sir, certainly um, a bold in the way that we love boldness. And he's a great guy, great Christian guy, a guy who often um, has reined me in thinking that the way to fight the un- 
unjust powers is through other unjust powers, um, through thinking that the Democrats, you know, could could resolve the problems created by uh, what's really not a Republican problem, but a problem of money, power, and glory in America in general. And uh, so Micah, being somebody who really takes the teachings of Jesus seriously, I think, is an appropriate place to end. Not everybody that we've been listening to would be spiritual uh, or identify as spiritual, and and many of them would definitely not want to be called Christians, but Micah being a spiritual and Christian dude, uh, along with somebody who is very interested in justice, is a great place for us to bring this show to a close, and I will just leave it for you and uh, have no comment at the end. Thank you for listening, friends. This is Micah Bournet in his single, Fire. And remember, take a look at his album that's coming out this very weekend, Labor Day weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy your time with family. Enjoy your time away from wage slavery. And look out for your brothers and sisters, friends. I wish you all of the best. And on behalf of Stacy and all the crew, be well and peace upon peace. If I had my way, if I had my way, if I had my way, I'd tear the building down. If I had my way, if I had my way, if I had my way, I'd tear the building down. Down, tear the building down. I'd tear the building Let me hit you with a riddle. If a school gets cheddar from the neighborhood tax on the neighborhood pole, guess who get a better education? Or the youth from the ghetto If I had my way as a young kid Creativity would have never been elective Everybody paint, everybody poetry Everybody take design and photography Home economics, hip hop, history How to make a super duper stupid hot beat Everybody drama, everybody yoga Everybody meditate until the class over Everybody plans a community garden Everybody talks to a therapist often Everybody got teachers that look like them Everybody read authors of colorful skin Ain't nobody got a past standardized test Cause they prejudice and never measure our intelligence Only our ability to follow the assimilation Try to tell us if we didn't then we'll never make it Kids like me feeling stupid When the truth is I can spit so hard Not getting into Harvard but I got a lot to offer Set flame to my report card If I had my way I bulldoze a tank straight over the schoolhouse gate Miss Frizzle with the bus, everybody load up Every day is a field trip day chemical addiction need to be in prison just because they caught with the drug they are dependent punishing the sickly calling it a justice system if you got a mental health condition you don't need conviction you deserve some medical attention shout out to the critical resistance fighting for the demolition of the prison business rich men making big bank offer inmates who work for slave wage judges and the cops is playing the same game the more that they lock up the more that they get paid 
black man getting more time than a white man who commit the exact same crime. Black man reaching for his ID dies. White man take a dozen children's lives. Still somehow they arrest him alive. Unreal how they don't even conceal their bias. Killing black folk like a roach or fly. Protect and serve is a joke and a lie. Scurred from a life when they flash them lights. If I have my way, every cop get fired. Every prison replaced with a safe space for the addicts and the violent to rehabilitate. Penitentiary a deceptive name. Put you in a cage, make you more humane. If I have my way, I would tear this thing right down to its racist roots. Put your picks to the fro and your boots to the flow and your fists to the baby blue. It's the new Jim Crow with the same Negroes and we still got that revolution. You know I don't be running from truth Young black boy, everybody gunning for you Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir Cause you living it too Piss poor education in a crumbling school State of the art prison Waiting to get full of bodies With dark pigment They're claiming it's just law In order but percentage of brothers incarcerated Severely exaggerated compared to our population I'm impatient and sick of the hatred Make it into college They try to assimilate ya Only black boy on my dorm room floor What I come here for? Now I'm really unsure Every level up A little more isolated From the melanated village That it takes to raise me Woke up like, why am I stressing the labor at a table as a token exception? Don't want to bless it if it's only for me. I'm dismantling the evil of American dreams. Demolition to whatever, keep my people in chains. Poverty and ignorance, forget the gradual change. They've been saying not for centuries and still we remain. On the bottom of the barrel, I ain't playing the games. Tear the house down every time I step on the stage. Set the roof on flame with 